All right, tonight, don't miss uh, Alex Ovechkin as he continues his pursuit of the all-time goal-scoring record. He's three away from 800 and four away from tying Gordie Howe for second all-time. It's the Capitals and the Blackhawks, 9 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. And with that, we welcome you back to our studio. We are live here from the Seaport. We're brought to you by Greg Goose. The squad is together on this Tuesday morning with a lot of football to get into over the course of the next hour. And it begins with last night, the game of the night on Monday Night Football in Arizona. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals hosting the Patriots, and it started about as badly as it possibly could. This is the opening drive for Murray. And, Dominique, the, the worst words we hear in the sport these days are non-contact injury. Yeah, it was fun to see him on the edge, and then that all Awkward fall told us all we needed to know. It was really unfortunate to see him like in tears on his way off the field. It's a real disappointment. Well, the overwhelming belief is that he suffered a torn ACL. They'll confirm that. He'll have an MRI today. But as he goes off on the card, it certainly feels like that's the last we'll see of him for quite some time. In the meantime, just over two minutes to go in the first quarter. No score. Mac Jones, we got a tip. We got a pick. Oh, we love them when they're up in the air. They're easy to get. Congratulations. Is that Simmons? That's Isaiah Simmons. Tip that to a DB. The, the, I, don't, I don't know anyone who loves anything the way Dominique loves a tip and a pick. Cardinals kick a field goal. Cardinals down 7-6 now. Colt McCoy. How about that catch from Robbie Anderson? Robbie stabs that out of the air. It's an outstanding catch. It had you feeling a little optimistic about what this offense could do with Colt McCoy. Cardinals moving the chains and then the results in this. Our old buddy Jeff Saturday would love the power of James Conner. <laughs> Dragging him into the end zone. Flex on them fools. Cardinals a 13-10 halftime lead despite losing the quarter. And then uh, Mac Jones, look, a frustration here, third quarter. He needs to take a timeout. Coaching staff, this just doesn't seem like it's going well here. It's Brady-esque frustration, wave-offs, and expletives. I love it. Fire from Mac Jones. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running that offense, and it's been a struggle under six minutes left now. Here's the moment that the Patriot defense needed. DeAndre Hopkins usually short-handed, but out comes the football. Yeah, he's holding it in one hand. I'm sure that all Pop Warner and high school coaches everywhere are clipping that video to show their kids tuck the ball under your arm. Raekwon McMillan, the scoop and the score, and the Patriots go up 20-13, to 13, and they would not look back. Cardinals' next possession. Here's McCoy just going to chuck this one up. Oh, it's the thought that counts when you're giving <laughs> gifts this time of year. Thanks, Colt McCoy, for thinking of us. Marcus Jones having himself a nice season with that interception. Patriot defense coming up big, and then you want to see a little something down the field for Mac Jones. Here we go to the tight end. Yeah, the seam is wide open. He exploits that with a very accurate pass. Yeah, they got to let him throw it down the field a little bit more. You need to go on the sideline and say, told you so. 39 yards to Hunter Henry. Patriots are set up, and then the aptly named Pierre Strong takes it in for the touchdown. And so all's well between Matt Jones and Patricia at the end of the game. Little handshake, and we call it a night with the win. New England moving into the final playoff spot in the AFC. The Patriots will travel to Las Vegas this week before closing out their season with the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills, three teams who are a combined 27-12 and 12 this season. Okay, next stop is Dallas, where the Cowboys improved to 10-3 and 3 on Sunday, but it was not pretty. They needed a 98-yard drive in the waning minutes to beat the one-win Texans. A lot of people underwhelmed, to say the least. Yesterday on first take, Michael Irvin had this to say about the inconsistency of his beloved Cowboys. I wanted the Cowboys to put up a 60-burger, but when you needed to get it done, I need to know that that man resides deep down inside of you. That when you got to go and get it done, can you wake that monster up and go 98 yards and win a football game? I would have liked to have seen them blow out the Houston Texans, but it wouldn't have given them the kind of work 
that's going to help in the playoffs because you're not blowing in. nobody out in the playoffs. You're going to have to make a 98-yard drive in the playoffs, Adversity. though. Adversity. Now we're getting ready for the playoffs. The that's play all I'm same. saying. <laughs> that's all he's saying. That many, he's not saying any more than oh, that. I love it. I can't get enough of, of Michael Irvin giving us the spin zone right there. Right? Look, like, we're glad we were down. Silver lining. <laughs> There's so many directions that this conversation can go. But really, Marcus, there's only one place that it winds up. Is the quarterback in Dallas playing well enough for that team to win the Super Bowl? No, sir. Did you see the San Francisco 49ers play defense over the last two weeks? Mm -hmm. Have you seen the Philadelphia Eagles play offense and defense over the last couple weeks? Listen, man, like we could, we, could, we could sugarcoat it. We could talk about all of the other things surrounding Dallas and what needs to happen. I'm finally there. And I don't know if anybody outside of Foxy is a bigger fan of Rain Dakota Prescott than me. I know Foxy leads the fan club. But ultimately, <laughs> this is about four and him playing at a high level in order for this team to have a chance to win a Super Bowl. We Look, we talk about offensive lines, running backs, wide receivers. The conversation has always been, well, Dallas got the number one offense, and they do all of these things. Look, man, it's always come down, even watching in the playoffs, to can Dak make plays down the stretch? Can he start a game fast and have success early offensively as well? So for me – this is going to boil down to who is he going to be? Is he going to be the quarterback that made the 98-yard drive for the majority of their run? Or is he going to be the quarterback that we've seen kind of sputtering out the gates here over the last few weeks? And if he is that guy that he's been over the last few weeks, then Dallas will be watching the playoffs with us again after the first round. If he, is, if he extends and plays at a very high level, they'll have a chance to beat anybody that they play in the NFC. All right, so, so let's just consider for a moment here who the quarterbacks are that we're talking about in the NFC playoff picture yeah. this year. One of them will possibly be Tom Brady, who we all understand that he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's looked like anything but that this year, and his team is terrible. The others that figure to be there are Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins, Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. I mean, outside of what we're <laughs> seeing in Philadelphia, the path could uh, not be more wide open for your guy, Dak Prescott. If it comes, up to, if it comes down to quarterback versus quarterback, I'm feeling a lot more confident about the Dallas Cowboys right now. And mm -hmm. as poorly as Dak has played in certain stretches recently, he still came up big in the biggest moments. And that's what we asked for mm -hmm. for our quarterback. And, yeah, they got to blow out Houston. That's a team that you should blow out. But they didn't, and they still got the win. Dak has the capability. So I think that's what is more concerning than anything. There are some teams I can look at and say, your quarterback can't do it. Right. I'm not too worried about it. We know that Dak is capable of leading big drives and big playoff games. He's done it plenty of times, but will he? this time. Give me a quick thought. That's why the NFC playoffs is so fascinating. Yeah. We think the Cowboys and the Eagles and Niners are all very good teams with a chance to win it. We don't know yet whether they have, you know, the, the playoff killer instinct that they need and that's going to come down to the quarterback play like Swagoo said. Final word. Dallas has a high ceiling because when they have their A game, ask the Minnesota Vikings. They can score in a hurry, and with Micah Parsons, they can go beat Philadelphia. All right, I'm being told that we are ready now to deliver the breaking news, and we are extraordinarily sorry to be the ones to have to tell you uh, but the news is sad this morning, and that is that we can report that Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach has died. Leach was hospitalized over the weekend after reportedly suffering a massive heart attack. Leach was in his third season as the head coach of the Bulldogs. He was at practice on Saturday with his team as they prepared to play Illinois in the ReliaQuest Bowl. 
which is scheduled for January 2nd. Later on Saturday, he reportedly suffered the heart attack in his home and was eventually airlifted to the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi, where he died last night. The school announced his passing this morning. Mike Leach was 61 years old. He was known for his prolific air raid offenses. He was 158 and 107 in 21 seasons as a head coach at Texas Tech and Washington State and then at Mississippi State. His impact on the sport can be felt in so many places, including uh, the members of his coaching tree, which include Josh Heupel and Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley. So this sad news uh, that we are just able to report here in the last few moments. Uh, Paul Feinbaum joins us here for reaction. And obviously, Paul, this uh, in the southeastern part of the country will resonate, as it will all across the country. Mike Leach was a figure that so many enjoyed over the years for his wit uh, as well as his outstanding coaching. What, what can we say this morning about the side passing of Mike Leach? I, I think he truly, Greeny, was one of the most brilliant innovators in the history of the game. And you alluded to some of the names that he helped produce. Uh, it, it's, a, it's an endless stream, including Lincoln Riley, who has produced three of the last six Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, his, the imprint of his offense is seen not only in college football, but obviously uh, in the NFL. And he had such an interesting career, uh, becoming the number one team in the country at Texas Tech. And then he, he left there and, and did, it, did it again at Washington State with great teams. And it was a surprising decision a couple of years ago when he decided to leave Pullman to go to Starkville. But he put together uh, an outstanding team there in his final game on Thanksgiving night in the Egg Bowl, perhaps his biggest win at Mississippi State, upsetting Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Uh, but it was the quarterbacks that he produced, the talent in the coaching world that, that, he, that he shepherded uh, and mentored uh, that I think he will be remembered for. Uh, it's a shocking loss. Uh, it, it, he was, as you mentioned, he was at practice on Saturday. He went to a Christmas party, Greeny, on Saturday night, surprising some media members. Uh, and then Sunday morning, of course, uh, he suffered a massive heart attack. Uh, and again, we can report this morning that he has died at the age of 61. And, and obviously the coaching speaks for itself and, and the tree, as you mentioned, speaks for itself. But he also spoke for himself extraordinarily. What I think of when yeah. I think of him are all the many funny moments, frankly. I, I wonder how well you got to know him during the time that he was down there. And what can you tell us about Mike Leach beyond the coach? The smartest coach I've ever been around, and I got to know him primarily uh, originally when he was out of coaching. We worked together on, on satellite radio, uh, and he had a show every afternoon that he did from Key West. Uh, Greeny, he did not play college football, and he had a law degree. Uh, it was the most irreverent combination uh, that, that we may have ever seen before. You never knew what you were getting with him, and that, that's not an overstatement. Uh, he was quirky. He was irreverent. He was funny. Uh, he, he seemed sometimes bored talking about college football whenever we would interview him. You just didn't know where it was going to go. Hmm. He was a joy to know, and, and it will be said many times today, but, but the college football world is an absolute shock, and uh, he's one of the truly irreplaceable figures in the history of the game. Yeah, I guess just as a final thought, Paul, what, what sorts of things have you been hearing from people? It, it, it was, this does not... Of course, it just in two days, it comes as an enormous shock. But over the course of the last 24 hours or so, I, I think that there was an expectation that this was where this may land. So what sorts right. of things were you hearing from the people that you've spoken to over the last few hours? 
I think more than anything, Greeny, records are one thing in college football or in pro football or in any sport, but, but the legacy that one leaves behind is what I heard from his many friends and, and coaching colleagues across, uh, across the, the coaching landscape. And, and I think that's what you'll hear all day today and really for a long time to come in respect to Mike Leach. That's well said, Paul. We appreciate your your candor today and your insight into the situation. Thank you very much. We will pause briefly here for just a moment. We'll continue to get reaction to this very sad news this morning. Uh, Mississippi State head coach, a legendary figure in the sport, Mike Leach has died at the age of 61. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Get Up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Uh, again, if you were just with us here on ESPN, the breaking news, and it is indeed sad news for us to report this morning, and that is that Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach has died. He was hospitalized over the weekend after reportedly suffering a massive heart attack. Leach was in his third season as head coach of the Bulldogs. He was at practice Saturday with his team as they were preparing to play a game against Illinois in the ReliaQuest Bowl, which is scheduled for January 2nd. Later Saturday, he suffered a heart attack in his home was eventually airlifted to the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi, where he died this morning. Mike Leach was 61 years old. We just uh, got some insight into him and into his career and more from our friend Paul Feinbaum. And now our preeminent voice of college football, Kirk Herbstreet, is able to join us here on the phone for a few minutes. And Herbie, we so appreciate it. I, I wonder if you could just share with the audience that did not get to know him. We all got to see Mike Leach coaching football. Um, but none of us got to know him individually and personally the way I'm sure you did over the many years. What are your thoughts this morning on the sad news that Mike Leach has died? Yeah, I, my, my first thoughts, of course, are with, uh, with his wife and with his family. Uh, there's been so much speculation when the news broke uh, over the weekend. 
and everybody's been just kind of pulling for him. And uh, and and to hear the news this morning, you know, it's it's just uh, one of those things. It's tragic. It's um, I I right away even when I heard the news on Saturday, I, I've spent numerous uh, times and hours with him talking football. And a lot of times it's hard to talk football because he has such a, a fun personality and uh, probably known as much for his, his quick uh, one-liners as he is uh, his X's and O's, but brought so much to the game. I mean, people forget, you know, he went to BYU uh, as an undergrad and, and didn't play football. He actually played rugby, but, but learned the game. Lavelle Edwards would let him come over and, watch film with, with guys like Steve Young and, and Jim McMahon. And that's, that's what got him intrigued into kind of the air raid offense. If you go back to those, those years in the late seventies, early eighties, BYU is one of the only teams to really spread people out and throw the football. And I think it intrigued him. And, um, and that's where he and how mommy started to kind of create that, that air raid offense. And now you watch football on Saturday and even Sunday and you see, you know, the spread formations and air raid uh, concepts, you know, from time to time. So uh, just just a uh, incredible uh, character, um, a lot of fun. I, I think of his teams at Texas Tech. And, you know, I think about he was at Texas Tech in the Big 12, and he averaged over eight wins a year in Lubbock, which is tough right. to do. Uh, had had a great run at, at Washington State, and then uh, went decided to go into the into the SEC with Mississippi State, and had a good team this year. So, just a a, a great personality for for the game of college football, but a very innovative um, teacher of the game, and um, a, a guy that uh, will be missed on on many levels. And Paul was telling us just a few moments ago, which I did not know, was that he had a law degree as well. And Paul was saying that sometimes yeah. it was difficult to get him to talk about football because he had so many other interests and so many other things, Herbie, that he liked talking about and, and was fascinated by, which is sometimes in a world where there is so, people are so myopic within the football world that that may have may also made him a little bit unusual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, he, he, he liked to kind of play coy and, and, say things that made you think, what in the heck is this guy doing? What, what's he saying? Meanwhile, he's the smartest guy in the room. You know, he, he was that, he was that guy. I was just on the field with him this year, this year. Uh, they played Alabama just seems like about maybe a month ago or so. And, um, you know, he was, there's Nick Saban to my left. There's Mike, Mike Leach to my right. Teams are warming up around us. And the last thing we're talking about is football. Cause you got mm -hmm. one guy with his arms crossed that, you know, Nick Saban, and he's just—he's all he wants to—he just wants to get the game started, and he's—he's he's got that nervous energy about him. And there's Mike Leach telling some kind of you know silly story, and it could not be any more opposite personalities uh, standing on the field. And I'm just you know sitting there, kind of listening to him uh, talk. But I think every coach—the reason you saw the outpouring of of uh, thoughts and, and concerns and prayers on social media is because even people that competed against him had a, a special place in their heart for him because of that personality that, that you uh, are alluding to. Um, because it was hard to talk ball with him because he, he always had some kind of reference of anything. You could be talking to him about anything, and it could go down a path about, um, you know, he could talk about space. He could talk about history. He could talk about anything. 
Um, you're like, coach, I'm just trying to ask you about third down. <laughs> you know, I'm, mm. I'm just trying to learn a little bit more about the game. But he just had, um, he just, I think everybody, you know, you're going to mourn his loss. And at some point, you know, we've all dealt with, uh, with, with close friends or family members when they pass. And at some point, you start to, to, to also celebrate uh, the life. And I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they'll be mourning and then they'll be celebrating and, and thinking about the different stories that we all sh- have shared over the time that we've been able to spend with Mike. It's well said. Herbie, thank you so much for jumping in here on, on a sad day on short notice. And, and I'm sure that the games that you did with him, many of them, you were sitting alongside our, our friend and colleague, Chris Fowler, who's good enough to jump in with us as well for a moment here. And Chris, I, I appreciate it so much. If you would, again, we've had Paul Feinbaum and, and now Herbie and now yourself just sharing memories of a guy who seemed such an, an oversized personality. I mean that in, in, in only the best possible way. He, his, his wit seemed to transcend the game. What are your thoughts this morning on the sad news that Mike Leach has passed away? Yeah, hi, Mike. Good morning. Kirk said a lot of things very well. I won't cover his influences on offensive mind, the coaching tree that will extend forever, the impact it will have on guys who then impact other coaches and so on. That's been well chronicled. It's all true. But Mike, uh, Mike was a unique personality. He was one of one. I think, Mike, you probably agree with me. The world needs more really smart, unique people who think and communicate differently and do so in a way that makes other people think. And, and Mike certainly was that. And, and Kirk's right. Sometimes he knew exactly what he was doing. When he takes a minute on the field to talk about the impact of Halloween candy and mm-hmm. the various types of candy, his disdain for candy corn, but his love of Smarties and, and, and chocolate bars. And he knows exactly what he's doing. He's, he's amusing himself and he's expressing what is different about him. I mean, I think that the conversations that I had with him over the years, Lubbock, Pullman, and Starkville. Mike never coached anywhere that was easy to get to, right? You had no work to get to those three places. And it was interesting. That he, he thrived in those kind of outposts away from the limelight, away from the spotlight, when you could be a little bit quirky, when you could be a character. We could go about things differently, both the way your offense was structured and the way your days were structured. And to have conversations like that with a football coach, I just, I just treasured it because the guys who are not all ball, who have interests in life beyond just play construction and coaching, you know, 365, I think are, are interesting and, and they're precious because there are probably fewer and fewer of them. And there's no one like Mike Leach, but, but Kirk's right that the topics you would talk about history, he was a very curious person. He would ask lots of questions about all kinds of people everywhere. It was part of his daily ritual. So he would ask you questions about yourself, your life, and he would seem to be genuinely interested. I'm talking about times and settings that are pretty high pressure. Kirk mentioned the game with Alabama. We just did you know, mid-season, and you know, it's an it's a important game for both teams. You have this contrast in personalities between Saban and Leach, and, and Saban was just laughing and smiling with his, his Leach, Saban, and myself, and you, you can't believe what Mike was talking about pregame. And he was talking about fertility was the topic. Okay, I'll leave it there. But, but things like that, that <laughs> Saban was just, he was dumbfounded. He, he could not believe that his counterpart was talking about things like this and, and making jokes. And it got Nick loosened up. Uh, but but that, that was Mike Leach. And I will say this too, beyond the jokes and, and the comedy, and I think that the, his little... Um, humorous things on YouTube will live forever. 
he was a deep dude, Mike, that had suffered some tragedy in his life. Met a player at Washington State, and then again this year at Mississippi State, who, who whose lives were lost in, in the most tragic possible way. It, it, it affected Mike deeply. He did not share a lot of that. He kept a lot of things inside. And I just worry, he, he was about my age, a year older. I worry about these coaches in a bigger picture, Mike. The job is so stressful. They don't sleep mm-hmm. enough. They don't work out enough. They don't necessarily take care of their diet. I worry about things like that. He, he's gone way too soon, and, and I'll miss him. Um, and there will never be another one. Beautifully said. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet and Paul Feinbaum with their recollections this morning of a man who will be remembered as for, for his football acumen and will be remembered with a smile because of his sense of humor and more. We'll pause briefly here. We'll come back with more uh, on the, uh, the news of uh, the rest of a busy sports day. But the sad news this morning, Mike Leach has died at the age of 61. We'll be right back. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we are back on Get Up with the rest of the news of a busy sports day, and we will do overreaction Tuesday with our man Graziano. So I'm going to say some things that I think people in the football world are generally saying, and you will tell us whether or not those things are overreactions. If, if someone said... Patrick Mahomes is still the frontrunner for MVP. Is that an overreaction? I say it's not an overreaction. I still think he should be MVP, and I, I, I love and respect everything Jalen Hurts is doing. Patrick Mahomes is playing a different game than everybody else is playing. Uh, what are we showing here? Are we showing the highlight of his first touchdown pass from Sunday where he flips his sidearm over the defender to Jarek? I mean, he's, he's the, the role he took in making sure this team was going to be okay after it traded its best receiver cannot be overlooked. The way he's performing, I, I, I know Hurts is the favorite right now, the betting favorite. I, I still think Mahomes is at a different level than everyone else. Every week, Mahomes does at least else. one thing that we've never seen anyone no one do, else can do before. And, and to some degree, I, I agree that we may take it for granted. I think we do. At some point. Let's talk about the Lions. If I were to say Jared Goff is going to lead Detroit to the playoffs, is that an overreaction? No, 
It's not. They're right there, right? I mean, they're 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 right behind a, a, a group of Washington and the Giants and Seattle, uh, who have those. You know, the two of those three teams are right now in the playoff field, and the Lions are right behind them. A couple of those teams slip up, which some of them have already started to do. The Lions are hot. They score at a high level. Their defense is a lot better than it was earlier this season. Uh, they they seem like they are the driven and motivated team right now from that group. I, I think they're dangerous. Oh, I'll tell you, the, the big teams of the NFC all want that to be an overreaction, right? They yeah. would much rather play Washington and the Giants in Seattle so. than play the Lions. I think so. Oh, I have to believe they would right now. One more. If I were to say the 49ers offense is better Okay. With Brock Purdy at quarterback, is that an overreaction? Yes, and here's why. Because it's the same, right? Like, it's the <laughs> same as it was going to be with Trey Lance. It's the same as it was going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo. It is Kyle Shanahan's offense. It makes quarterbacks look good. And that's no offense to Brock Purdy. He should be extremely proud of what he did the other day. Uh, looks like a, a better player than his draft status would indicate. But I believe this, and I said this last week after Garoppolo got hurt, if you thought this 49ers team was a playoff team and a Super Bowl team before he got hurt, you should still think so because it's not about the quarterback in San Francisco. It's about everything that's around him, and that's all still there. Well, you're making it sound like the quarterback is irrelevant, which is ironic in this case because he was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. But I'll tell you who doesn't think it's an overreaction is our guy RC, who was here yesterday. He likes Brock Purdy. Listen. The San Francisco 49ers can still win a championship with this quarterback. I agree. And I whispered to myself in my room last night, I might like him more than I like Jimmy G. Okay, so let's just, let's just use an expression. Marcus, you enjoyed your expression this morning, all I have is all I have. I'll use another one. No one has ever gotten rich betting on things that have never happened before. So I'm not sitting here telling you that Brock Purdy can't lead this team to the Super Bowl. I'm only saying that if he does, it will be something that has never happened before. Nothing is even close. This is not Jeff Hostetler. Yeah. This is not. A, this would be Nick a guy Foles. who was a, a Nick Foles. This was a sixth-round rookie this season. Seven. No. Seventh, excuse me. He was the last pick in the draft. So you, you, to, be, to be fair, I think the only way people do get rich is by betting on things that have never happened before, and then they do happen. So this right. is the time get that lucky. if you – yeah, you have to get lucky. This is a time where you could get lucky. And I actually – I'm nervous to say it, but I kind of agree with RC in that we – the door was already opened on the Jimmy Garoppolo playoff career. We could see what was in that house. The door on Purdy, like, is still closed. There's still expectation. Like, the optimism that comes with hope, we've seen his floor. It's pretty good when all things are good. We don't know what will happen to him when things get bad and things get tough. We know what happens to Jimmy when things get a little bit tough. We'll see what happens with Brock Purdy. So, I actually feel like if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm kind of a little bit excited. Like, I, I understand. I agree with you. The chances of him rising to some high level is probably pretty low, but there's still a chance that there's something there that we haven't seen, which we didn't have in the previous iteration of this. Because if you're a Niner fan, you wanted to see what it's going to look like, right? Yeah. And not only did it look, they looked fantastic. Yeah. And, and that has to give you a lot of hope. Now you need want to see what it looks like when it gets bad. With no Debo yeah. Samuel. Yeah. yeah. When, when you're down by a couple touchdowns and it's yeah. third and nine. We'll see. And, and, and the, the expectation is that Samuel comes back during the regular season, which obviously is great news and necessary news for that team. But the reality of it is, like, it's not about whether he can be good. It's not about whether they can still win the division. That's a Super Bowl team that loses their quarterback this late in the season. Can they win the Super Bowl with this kid at quarterback? No. This guy has a really high floor, but his ceiling, I mean, I think we're a little bit of a prisoner of the moment here. 
He's only played basically a game and a half here, and I'm in charge like everybody else, but Greeny, against some of these better defenses that he's going to see, and that's not Tampa this year, yeah. and, and the pressure packages, I'm just not sure he could do it so soon. It's a great story for now, but when you go against Philly and Dallas specifically and their defenses, although this team is built to do a lot of things like run after the catch with Kittle and CMC, I just don't think he'll be able to stand toe-to-toe with those teams. But what about their defense? I mean, that's the thing. You may not have to score a ton of points to win games for the 49ers. In the playoffs, you have to make consequential plays. You just... You can't count on winning around your quarterback. At some point, you need I, to win I, I because agree. of it. That's, That's why I they, never liked the 49ers yeah. in the first place. That's what they were doing before. <laughs> Market, can they win the Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant as their quarterback? <laughs> no. No. Thank you. No. I wanted to say yes so bad, but no, I don't believe so because I think it really lies into what Foxy and, and, and Mike T just said. The high leverage moments, we just don't know. And us saying no is saying something that we've never seen, to your point, G, when you open this segment up. We won't know until Brock Purdy gets there. What I will tell you is he adds an element to this offense that I think they tried to draft with Trey Lance, and that's a little bit of athleticism, which makes this team more difficult to from the quarterback position than when you had Jimmy Garoppolo. But we don't, I mean, look, man, Jalen Hurts, Obviously, you're looking at Philly as the best team in the NFC. There will be a point um, in this playoff run or maybe later in this season where it's going to be about Brock Purdy lifting people around him as opposed to the defense playing so well. I don't know that for sure, but usually that's what tends to happen in the NFL based on our history of watching this game. So I just... I, it, it, I'm, I'm nervous about saying it because of the greatness of Kyle Shanahan and his ability to call plays uh-huh. and what Brock Purdy is surrounded by. But this league has always told us that your quarterback eventually is going to have to be that guy like Patrick Mahomes had to be <laughs> yeah, against yeah. that great defense with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh-huh. Look, which is my point. If you liked the 49ers yeah. in the Super Bowl with Garoppolo, you, you, everything you said about Brock Purdy can be said about Garoppolo in terms of when it comes down to him in the playoffs, he hasn't delivered. That is true, no matter what everybody wants to say about the team's playoff record around him. What, what, I wonder what prop bet odds you could have gotten before the season. There would be an NFL playoff game this year started by Brock Purdy against Taylor Heineke. I, oh, I think gosh. that would have been a fascinating bet to try and he make. Looked good, he, do, he, he looks good, though. He looks good, fellas. He looks better like, than I don't want, He looked good against Tampa, man. For, 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 he's looking for 10 <sighs> minutes here. I mean, it's two games. And the other thing that I know, you need, I know Mike T. I the know. other thing we know about him, Marcus, is that the teams that play against him, their quarterbacks, desperately need new security. Oh, Let's roll yeah. that. Yeah. I know some people in this league need security. Everybody ain't getting dumped around here. This long arm of the law, he needs a new security guard. They better find somebody quick. Athleticism is a trait of being a security guard. And when you don't have none, you get your quarterback killed by a little guy. Like when the big dude run up on one of the little dudes, and then you find out he a damn MMA fighter and you get beat to sleep. You you need new security. All right, Dominique snuck a pancake block into the mm. first hour of our show today, so Swagoo now gets his revenge with security. Take it, big fella. Well, we're going to start this thing off with the word limitations, because that's where the New York Giants are now, and yeah. they get behind, and they got to drop Daniel Jones back in three and five-step drops, including Tyrod Taylor, and the Philadelphia Eagles to the tune of seven total sacks on the day, but four on Daniel Jones. 
He needed new security. It was not Saquon. He only ran for 28 yards. It was mm. not the genius of Brian Daybone calling plays. It was just drop back Daniel Jones with no weapons on the outside <laughs> and no weapon forms against you shall prosper except for the Philadelphia <laughs> defensive line. He needed new security against that Philadelphia Eagles line. My man ran Tannehill. This was first overall pick. Oh. Finally came mm. to the party, Trayvon Walker, and you needed new security. He not only beat the tight end, because we always like saying, Coach, don't block the DN with the tight end. He beat the tackle, too. And 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 I know Tannehill was looking over there saying, didn't we devote two guys to the guy? Didn't we go to church not and enough. pray that we would put two people on these outside rushes and not just a tight end? Tannehill, you needed new security. Mm. And last but not least, y'all, I hated to do this one. This one really bothered my soul. Oh, no. But Mike White, I apologize in advance. And to you, G, sir, I know all of these guys have become names of your children or your dogs, and this is exactly what it looked like. It looked like some dogs was chasing Mike White. (laughs) And I apologize for putting this on here to Mike White. I apologize to his family. I apologize to the doctor that had to see Mike White after this game. He needed new security, and Leslie Frazier and the Buffalo Bills and Matt Milano did not give a damn that his security was not up to par. If you want a safe club, if you want to serve beverages, if you want everybody to be happy and have a good time, and they walk out the back with the little things shining and they shooting up because somebody has ordered $5,000 worth of bottles, then don't hire the security that Mike White had. Allow somebody better to do that because your ribs (laughs) might not survive it. I actually announced my retirement during this game. Just watch. I couldn't. Dominique, I mean, I I couldn't couldn't take it anymore. At some point, I couldn't watch what they were doing. They was was diving through him. This was tough, man. Cutting him in half, folding that man. Look at that. I I thought we were protecting quarterbacks. I feel worse now. That's what Tua's looking at Saturday night. Exactly. Can I have a truth moment? How would you like to be with watching that defense. He's got to play. Getting set to go up there in the snow. Can I have a truth moment, G? Go, quick. Yeah. I, so I'm talking, I'm talking to Julian last night, one of the producers. I was like, Jules, do you think it's okay to put this on here? Jules was like, yeah. I mean, he does need new security. And oh. now I feel terrible for putting it on here. So it's Julian's fault. It is not my fault. Julian it's under Jules the bus. fault. Jules, <laughs> this is your fault. Get in there, Jules. That's Julian Goldstick. We all blame him completely. That's not, uh, that's not right. That's exactly right. In fact, Robert Sala just named him the backup quarterback for this weekend. <laughs> all right, as we continue, Philly's finest, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, are flying high. Is it them and everyone else? We will answer that question after we see if Graziano can answer this one. Dan, which Super Bowl champion had the highest scoring margin in the season that they won it? The most dominant champs of all time. Next, get up on ESPN. Hmm. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Back on Get Up. Good calls brought to you by Subway. Here's a good call from the Patriots defense. Give a listen. McCoy on the quarterback's left flank as he takes the shot from step. He drops back. Pressure throws down on the top by Hopkins, crossing near side. Pulls hunch loose. He got it. Picked up by the Patriots. Go. Down the right side. Running into the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. New England. A scoop and score for Raekwon McMillan. I gave the Patriots a lead. They would not relinquish. They had six sacks, two takeaways, and 14 points off turnovers last night. They're now top five across the board in all three of those categories, and that defense is a big reason why the Patriots find themselves in the final AFC playoff spot. Now, the team that has the best chance, we think, of getting to the Super Bowl this year, however, is the Philadelphia Eagles. They also have the best scoring margin in the sport. And so that's how Sneaky Hembo uh, works his way towards today's question. Which Super Bowl champion had the highest scoring margin season that I, I didn't know that most points scored and fewest allowed the difference between those it's two a scale sure yeah I got yeah it. uh the highest scoring margin the season they won it yeah it's a tough way I was, Dominique says it's got to be a team that won a lot of games I'm not guessing the, the 07 or 2011 Giants right, right I think right. I think they were actually outscored uh but you know a lot of teams 14 win teams 15 win teams my, I settled on the, the greatest show on Turf Rams from 1999. I thought that was my guess. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, that is correct. Baby. This is that over, is right? Like Here comes Dominique with a slam dunk on him. Neek thought it was. Four is big. Neek thought it was the 85 Bears. I thought it was the 85 Bears. They're third. The 91 Washington Super Bowl champions oh. are second, which we heard that name out here, but it was the greatest show on turf that Rams was, was who are the top of that list. And right now, again, it is Graziano. Come on, how many shows am I even on the rest of the year? Like, not not enough not for eight. him to come I back. Think, I think it's a wrap. That is a win <laughs> on the 22 season up. for Graziano. In the meantime, will the Eagles wind up adding their name to that list? That's the question. They've been thoroughly dominant this season. They have the highest point differential in the NFL. They beat teams by an average of almost 11 points per game. Their dominant defense has them near the top in the NFL in yards per play, passing yards per game, interception percentage, sack rate, defensive efficiency. And with a two-game lead, ESPN Analytics has them as the overwhelming favorite to get the all-important one seed in the NFC. They have an 87% chance to get that. And so the question then becomes, what are the chances that they wind up winning the conference and winning the championship? Well, Caesars has Philly as the likeliest team from the NFC, but second overall to the favorites, which is the Buffalo Bills. And so it presents the question that I'm usually hesitant to ask because I think that the answer is usually too obvious, but I have been forewarned that it's going to go the other way. If I'm offering you the Eagles or the field to win the Super Bowl, I've got two people here, Neek and Marcus, our two players, telling us you would go Eagles over the field to win the Super Bowl. Why? We got to be honest about what we're seeing. I think that a lot of us are carrying around some confirmation bias about Jalen Hurts and pretending as if this team has not separated themselves from the rest of the league. And I understand that you can be critical of the teams that they play, but that's not up to them. It's not like they're struggling to get past these teams. They are beating the dog out of these teams. 
So I, I have to be honest with what I see week in and week out. A team that does not have a weakness. The one thing that people present as a weakness is their inability to stop the run, which actually doesn't seem to be a big problem in the modern NFL and not a problem for them anymore. Uh, their quarterback can win in a bunch of different ways. Their defense is flexible. That secondary has been amazing this year. So I think we have to be honest about how good they are and how they've separated themselves from the pack. Fair, but Marcus, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Dallas, San Francisco. You like, you like the Eagles better than you like all those teams combined is essentially what this was saying as far as winning the Super Bowl is concerned. You're going Eagles over the field. Yeah, gee, I think they're more complete when you look at both sides of the ball and the most important thing, offensive line. Um, and it's traveled week in and week out. And I've seen this team win different ways as well. I've seen them win with Jalen Hurts' legs. I've seen them win with Miles Sanders' legs. I've seen them win pushing the ball downfield and then defensively creating turnovers and shutting people out and taking away teams' best players. So there is nothing about the Philadelphia Eagles that I have seen that doesn't tell me, especially in the NFC, but overall, I think they've been the most consistent performers. But I think the thing that stands out the most to me is the fact that they're this good offensively, especially with an offensive line, because if you have to turn it into a ground and pound, they can do it. If you got to turn it into a shootout, they can play with you that way. So we look at a lot of teams and we think about the greatness. And obviously on the AFC side, you got Pat Mahomes, you got Josh Allen, you got prolific quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, guys that are playing at the elite level. But when you go throughout the deep part of a football team, I think Philly right now is the most complete. Mike King. I'm shocked these guys did that. I mean, five minutes ago, Brock Perry was a combination of Joe Montana and Steve Young. <laughs> so I got to go with logic here, and somebody's going to stop them. I mean, we saw Washington do it. Look, they play Chicago this week. I'm not saying Chicago is going to be in, but they're going to test their run defense. So just given the rigors of the playoffs and all those teams that you, you just uh, listed, someone's going to beat them. Yeah, it's just about probability, right? Like, if you said, who do you like the most to win the Super Bowl, I might well say the Eagles. But, but would saying, you definitely even say that? Uh, probably. Right but now, Eagles are playing Cincinnati and Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. I know it's not the question, but I'm expanding the I reach think, of the question. Yeah, because I think it's possible they'll have had the easier road to get there, right? Like they have yeah. Dubai, only two games to, to win to get there. That matters. But neither one of the one seeds last year was in the Super Bowl. I was in Green Bay watching the 49ers block a punt and knock Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out. Weird stuff happens in the playoffs. I just If you're, if you're you, taking the question literally and you're saying, do I want the field or I want the Eagles, I, Eagles are a that's a I like the bet. Bills, I like the Chiefs, I like the Bengals, and I still think that they're going to run into some trouble in the NFC. This is not, this is not the easy path that people are I mean, making. I it's winning a Super Bowl. Like it. It's definitely not an easy path. I don't think anybody's making it sound like it is an easy path. It'll be tough. They have an easier path than the AFC side. They'll get there they and be potentially healthier, potentially less tested. And also, yeah. they've been good all season long. Two like, weeks this off. Is, this has AFC been team impressive. Be like, you have to give them the credit that they've earned. Well, see what happens. No one's taking away what they've done so far, but this is looking forward. We'll see what they've got. Meanwhile, looking forward to tomorrow night, we have a Wednesday NBA doubleheader. Two old rivals scoring off. Bulls-Knicks early. Then you got Kawhi and Paul George and the Clippers hosting the Timberwolves. Coverage tips off with NBA Countdown, 7 Eastern on ESPN. As we roll on, first take takes over top of the hour. Will the Patriots make the playoffs? And where are the Cowboys on Stephen A's list today? First take with that and more. Top of the hour right here on ESPN. Tired of 
ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, we're back on Get Up, and we always finish these Tuesdays with uh, Jerry Jones' regular radio interview. He always says something interesting, including today, where he said on Dak Prescott's interceptions, quote, the definition of aggressiveness doesn't have to include turnovers. It does not have to include that. I do like aggressiveness without the turnovers. <laughs> I do not like them in a boat. I ask you. I, <laughs> I thought of that, too. Uh-huh. The other thing I thought of is, could anything be a more billionaire thing to say than that? That's like saying, I like eating chocolate cake and french fries, yeah. but not getting fat. I want to eat the chocolate uh, cake and french fries and not get fat. So you can't always do everything. The can world. they be aggressive without turning the football I over? I mean, I think potentially they can. You're going to have to take some with it, but I don't think that these turnovers were a result of being too aggressive. Like, I thought that there was uh, a guy getting slapped in the arm and a slightly inaccurate pass. It wasn't a deep, aggressive pass. Slightly inaccurate pass getting tipped up. So, yeah, I think uh, they're an aggressive offense. They want to be because that's where their talent lies. But, yeah, they'll be fine. T.Y. Hilton's uh, an example of being aggressive. He brings some juice to them, so hopefully he can do that without turning it over. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he can't play right tackle. Yes, that is. But Tyron Smith can. But what we're really talking about is the quarterback. And and what we're really talking about is a team that is good enough to go to the Super Bowl to beat the Eagles or anybody else if the quarterback plays well enough, which would mean a little aggressive and no turnovers, right? right? He's going to have the most experience other than Tom Brady in the playoffs once the NFC playoffs start. Mm -hmm. So how does that build to where he can have success? That could actually be a first-round matchup. Dallas at Tampa in round one. We will see. First take takes over. We'll see you tomorrow.